So I'm excited today. Not like any other day, right? Uh, Paul, Pastor Paul asked me, it's been, it's been a couple of months. He was like, hey, um, you know, what's your schedule look like uh, March 6th? And I was like, I mean, probably wide open. And uh, he was like, we're, we're going to be in the series Greater Reward. And I was like, perfect. And uh, he kind of told me what the topics that we were going to be preaching on. And uh, I feel like I kind of drew the short straw. Uh, he was like, you get to handle anger. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, uh, I have two young daughters, uh, and anything on Disney I've probably seen 5, 10, 20 times. That is from the movie Inside Out. So anger. The title of my sermon is The Antidote to Anger, which I kind of copied off Pastor Paul um, because his was antidote to idleness, living idly, right? So the antidote to anger. Who here has struggled or struggles with anger? That's an awesome participation. Thank you. Now, have you ever really thought about where your anger comes from? Is it Internal, or is it external? Have you really done what most of us don't like to do? Self-reflection, right? To look in the mirror to say, because, I mean, our flesh likes to blame everybody else for things, right? Well, I was angry because he, or because they, Right? But not all anger is bad, right? There's a righteous anger. There's a righteous anger. But what, when anger is bad, it's because it leads to sin, right? The Bible talks about that very clearly. So today, if you are a note taker, uh, I hope you have ink in your pen because I have several verses that we're going to cover. I don't know if you've ever done a study in the Bible on anger, but there's a lot to help guide us away from sinful anger. What is the antidote to anger? Gentleness and patience. I, I think I've met the majority of you and I would say that I don't think anybody in here struggles with anger. And most of you are filled up with gentleness and patience. So it's going to make my job easy. I can just plow through this and we can go home. So I'm going to start off in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. It says, A hot-tempered per hot person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Hot-tempered, short fuse. You get into what would have just been maybe a normal conversation, and yet your anger builds up and you get hot-tempered. What would have just been a normal conversation now escalates to a quarrel. How productive are those? Do you walk away feeling fulfilled, or do you walk away feeling convicted? 
Can you take those words back? No. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've been in those situations where somebody maybe makes an accusatory statement or somebody wants to point blame on me for something I had no control of over, nor was I really even involved. Boy, my flesh wants to rise up and hit them with a harsh word or few. But a gentle answer turns away wrath. Why is that so difficult to do? <laughs> Psalm 37, verse 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. It does. If, if you get drawn into, into one of those arguments or where, where you cannot control your emotion and you get angry and you start... It leads to evil. It leads to sin. You're going to say things that are harmful. You're going to say things that you're going to regret. You could damage an important relationship in your life. You could damage your career. There's just so much destruction if you buy into that. Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Man, we love to put on his name tag, don't we? Boy, I'm going to play God in this one. I've got to avenge this. I'm going to take care of this, and I'm going to let them have it. It's not our job. It's not our responsibility. Because if, if we're avenging and we're doing those things, doesn't the Bible tell us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us? Well, that's the exact opposite of what God told us to do, what Jesus told us to do. But here's the thing. We're not perfect, right? We're far from it. Thank God for His grace. But you know, you walk into a room and things aren't going your way, you start flipping tables, and you, somebody says, whoa, what got into you? Just trying to be like Jesus. <laughs> because we like to pick and choose the Christ-likeness that we want to exhibit given the situation. Am I right? Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 8. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Rid yourself of those. Because that was your old self, right? That was pre-Christ. Now that you're in Christ, you can get rid of those things. And the fantastic thing about it is, you don't have to do it on your own strength. You know, being able to... Being able to pray to God to say, God, remove this from me. And sometimes it's an easy removal. And sometimes there's some digging that has to happen to find out why. How many of you are landscapers? Not by trade, but because you've owned a home or 
your parents made you or something. How many of y'all have done yard work? Amen. How many of y'all have had to deal with weeds? How many of y'all know that weeds are resilient? It would not rain for three months, and those things are thriving. Am I right? Here's the thing. You can cut a weed down, right? You can make it to where you don't even see it. It's going to come back up unless you get to the roots. You must remove the roots in order for a healthy seed to be planted to grow what you expect. We like to cut off the surface level stuff because it's easy and it's quick and it's pretty painless. But the root, the root takes some time and it may be painful and it may be up under a foundation of concrete Right? So there's a lot of exposure that may have to happen for God to get to the root of your old self. In James chapter 1, verse 19 through 21, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. You've got to let go and let God start doing some landscaping. He's got to get down deep to get rid of the old roots. Because if you don't allow him to, those old weeds are going to continue to pop up in situations. And I don't know about you, but I've never been in a yard that only had one weed. <laughs> those things multiply like crazy. And you know what's awesome? Sometimes weeds can be controlled by fertilizer, right? And... and I had a house up in Indianapolis, and I had a house when I moved down here to southern Indiana. And I was pretty particular about my yard. I loved it edged. It looked good. If there was a weed boy, it was like I was a six-gun shooter with ortho. Right? I was not a fan of weeds. I, did the, I had my calendar set to, do, to put fertilizer out in my yard. Now, my neighbors did not have that same enthusiasm about their yard. I'm here to tell you, if you don't know this, and you have a fertilizer spreader, you can crank that bad boy up, and it'll shoot pretty far. <laughs> so you can fertilize and remove the weeds from your neighbors. And I hope you see where I'm going with this, because the same is true in our lives. I can spread God's love. I can spread God's grace. I can spread God's mercy. I can, do, I can spread all that. That's not just for my yard. Because I'm here to tell you, God's fertilizer spreader is massive. And he doesn't just want to use it on you in your yard. 
but he knows the impact that will have if you allow him to be a vessel to shoot out all his goodness. It's good. So, so I might ask you, and I got a story here. So thinking of anger and rage and malice and, and all those things, my question is, what are you filled with? Okay, so you're holding a cup of coffee when someone comes along and bumps into you, shakes your arm, and you spill your coffee. Why did you spill the coffee? Because somebody bumped into me. Wrong answer. You spilled the coffee because coffee was in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. Whatever is inside the cup is what will be spilled out. Therefore, when life comes and shakes you or rattles you, which will happen, whatever is inside of you will come out. And it's easy to fake it, right? It's easy to fake it until you get rattled or until somebody bumps into you because people will bump into you because they see that narrow path that you're on and because they haven't submitted and surrendered to that path they don't want to see the anointing the favor all the blessings that God gives you because you're on that path so you will get bumped so what's in you will come out when you're bumped so let me ask you again, when life gets tough, when you get bumped, when you get rattled, what spills over? Joy, gratefulness, peace, humility, or anger, bitterness, harsh words, reactions? We are provided the cup. We get to choose how we fill it. My encouragement to you is to fill your cups with gratitude, right? If, if you're in a poor mood, or you're discouraged, or you've been shaken and rattled, man, stop and focus on gratitude. The, the blessings, the, I mean, God's blessings are so prevalent and always there that you can reflect back on them and then have an attitude of gratitude. Hmm. Forgiveness. We should fill up on forgiveness. Joy. Words of affirmation. Do you see somebody succeeding in life in whatever area? Relational, uh, professional, spiritual, whatever it is. Are you offering them words of affirmation like congratulations. It is so awesome to see what God's doing in your life. I'm going to encourage you to continue to pursue him daily so that he may continue to bless you in whatever area of life. Or are you jealous and you're bitter and you're angry because that same stuff hasn't happened to you? Probably a reason, right? Encourage to be encouraged. 
bless to be blessed. But, but, but that's not, don't take that the wrong way. Don't take it as, oh, if I bless, I will be blessed. You are blessed to bless. Amen? Not, we don't do things for God's love. We do them from his love. He already loves us unconditionally. There's nothing that I can do any better or any worse that's going to make him love me any more or any less. And when you fully grasp that and you fully embrace that in your heart, it is no longer about living for anyone else except him. When you can get to a point where you live for an audience of one, I'm telling you, I lived for the audience of many for years and years and years and years. It is exhausting. And there is no peace in that because you know why? You cannot please everyone. You, you see what I'm getting to? I'm exposing my old roots. Hmm. I had a, a revelation yesterday. Uh, Becca and I were, we, we had the girls and had a fantastic day. It was awesome. And uh, we've got everything that they could ever want to eat, I promise you. What do you want for lunch? We got, you know, I always, I always throw out the, you want breakfast for lunch? Because it's easy. Waffles, pancakes, it's easy. No, we don't want that. I got chicken nuggets. They look like dinosaurs. Don't want that. I'm going through the list. I'm going through the whole pantry. Daddy, I want macaroni and cheese in a bowl. I've got it in a box. No, don't like that kind. Go to, so I end up having to go to Chick-fil-A. It's like five minutes away from where we live. I'll think I was gone for 35 minutes. Because everybody in southern Indiana seeks after the Lord's lunch. But, but while I was sitting there in this line, and I just had this feeling that, man, I think everybody around me must be praying for me because God's speaking to me. And I had this, I came back, and I, I love my wife to death. Uh, normally, I make her wait till Sunday to hear my message, but I was just, I mean, I was overflowing, man. I was like, hey, babe, check this out. God laid this on my heart. How many of y'all, going back to the mac and cheese, how many of y'all have ever cooked noodles on the stove, boiled them on the stove, right? How many of y'all have ever walked away to go brush your teeth, to go make the bed, to do whatever, and you come back and it's just boiled over. There's a mess. If you've got a flat ceramic stove, great purchase. That's awesome. If you didn't and you got like the coil burners, oh gosh. So here's what I realized. And I, I assume that most of you know this trick. To prevent the boil over, add salt. Right? How is that not applicable to our lives when we are called to be salt of the earth? 
If there is a situation that is about to boil over, don't add more heat. We are the salt of the earth, and we can diffuse the boil over. Amen? God is good, man. I don't even know if macaroni and cheese was back then, like, you know, in the Old Testament or anything, but I was like, God, thank you for allowing me to share a very applicable message. It's probably more for me, to be honest with you all. I'm stewing over here thinking about cleaning up that mess. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Amen? Amen? Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. If you take an orange and you squeeze it, what happens? Apple juice? Oh, orange juice, okay. If you take an apple and crush, squeeze it, apple juice. You squeeze grapes, grape juice. What happens when you get squeezed or crushed or pressure? James juice, I like it. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is, back to the cup analogy And what are we filled with when we get in tough, tight, pressure situations? What is going to come out when we're squeezed? Is it going to be those things that we were told to get rid of? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, harsh words? Or are we going to handle the situation with the fruit of the Spirit? Because it will make a massive difference, not only in you and your inner peace, but it will definitely impact the ones that you're conversing or in that situation with. Because what happens if you have a bag of fruit and there's one rotten one? They all spoil. Right? So if you're squeezed and the negative and the evil and all that comes out, 
it's infectious to the others. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. I can't have a sermon without points. My first point. Pray and, seek God, pray and seek God's wisdom to identify the root of your anger. Ask him to expose what's causing you to hold on to those things that we are called to get rid of. And be prepared that it might be uncomfortable. That it might not be all pretty. Right? Because when you're overhauling your yard to get rid of lots of weeds, it doesn't look great at first. But after the seed is planted and germinates and grows, it is a lush, beautiful yard. Allow God to expose and, and show you the root. And then ask God to remove the root. You've got to be willing to let go of it, though. Right? Because some of those roots are deep. They're deeply planted. You could have roots that started growing when you were a child, right? Like maybe you had a traumatic experience as a child, or a teenager, or a young adult, or an adult, or yesterday. Right? You've got to Pray and ask God, and then when he exposes it, allow him to take it away and not hold on to it. Because when you're holding on to old roots and that old self, your new and old don't jive, right? Watch what pressure produces after the root is removed. And you're filled with the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, it's transformational. It is. It truly, truly is. If you've never experienced it, oh man. You want to talk about being on fire for Jesus. Walking into work, just mad, furious, ready to flip tables because I'm being Christ-like to... I'm going to be patient and humble. I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to give words of affirmation. And then people will notice the difference and be like, what got into him? Jesus! I'm going to tell you a personal story. So, <clears throat> when I went to rehab and came home from rehab, um, my ex-wife was obviously not cool with any of it. Uh, so, I left, I went and stayed with my uncle. Um, and any of you that have been through separation, divorce, it's, 
I mean, it's off. It's just terrible, right? It's just, I mean, it's awful. And her and I, oh, man, it was fight after fight after fight after fight after fight after fight. And uh, I had just started working at Sam Tech, where I currently work. And uh, I was second shift shipping uh, associate, but they trained me on first shift. So I'd get there at like 7 in the morning. And so I was on my way from St. Matthew's over to just right down the road. And she called me, and I can't even remember what was said. But it was like she didn't say it until I pulled into the parking lot. It's like 6.58. And so I had no comeback. All day at work, I was stewing and about to boil over. And I was just putting ammunition in. Because after work, I was going to go over to see the girls. And I was like, I cannot wait to unload. I am like, you are about to feel the wrath of Josh. (laughs) So I got off work at 4.30. And I went out in my car. And I'm just, I mean, I don't have high blood pressure. But I promise you, it was probably... Close to, I needed to go to the urgent care. I mean, my face was red, my ears were red. Uh, and so I got in the car and I started driving. And I stopped and I was driving. And I said, God, man, I'm so tired of fighting with this woman. It's exhausting. There's so much tension. Every interaction that we had, and I have to interact with this woman for the rest of my life. Like, I can't do this. What do I do? And uh, she loves Dr. Pepper. There's a gas station right before you, like, before I'm going to get to the place where the neighborhood is. And I knew that I was supposed to pull in there. So I pulled in there and I got a fountain diet Dr. Pepper. And I showed up to her house. And I walked in, and she was in the kitchen facing the cabinets, and I set the Diet Dr. Pepper down, and I hugged her, and I said, we can't do this anymore. We have to take the gloves off, because I'm exhausted. I know you're exhausted. This isn't healthy for either of us, and definitely not healthy for the girls. And you know, from that day forward, we have fostered and built a relationship of acceptance, of forgiveness, of love, of all the, the, the things that we should be filled with. But I had to put my anger aside and take on gentleness, patience, humility, all those things, right? And I'm telling you what, So that was coming up on four years ago. That was pretty early on, right, after after we split and got divorced. That was pretty early. Our trajectory is here, right, towards a God-centered co-parenting. Had I not done that that day, I don't even know where we'd be. So your interaction with somebody can change the, the trajectory of where you're going to go. 
And if you can correct it early, you're not as far off the path. You understand what I'm saying? Like if you're driving from here to Florida and you know it's a straight path and early on you mess up, that's like a 10-minute detour. You just get right back on path. If you're not paying attention and you're heading due west, you just increase the time of your trip to where you're trying to go. So think about your relationships. Think about your coworkers, those people that God has placed in your life to witness to, to encourage. If you correct it early, you can continue to share God's love. But if you just allow it to go like this and your relationship is built on anger, harsh words, all of that stuff, you're so far off the path. Last thing I'm going to talk about is God's anger. God's anger and how it was satisfied through Jesus. Right? God sent Jesus to pay the price because we couldn't. He satisfied he satisfied that anger. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since now we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? That is the first step that we need to make. So if today you've not confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior and believed in your heart to accept that salvation, I pray today be that day. Because if not, you will experience God's wrath. And like I said in the ministry moment, He is pursuing you every single day. Every single day, there are signs that God loves you, that he sees you, and that he desperately wants to be in a relationship with you or deeper in a relationship with you. So I, I, had, read, I had read earlier when I very first started Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Let me go back. I'm going I'm to close with this. Starting in um, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. That was our old self. We're now new in Christ. If you're still dealing with anger, you're still dealing with all those things that lead to evil, I pray that you ask God to expose, remove the root, 
and allow him to plant in you the Holy Spirit, which produces the fruit of the Spirit. It will not only change your life, but it'll change the world around you, I promise. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you that you knew before anything, before anything, that we would sin against you and break that relationship. But thank you for having the plan and not having plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D because we keep messing up. No, you had the plan and that plan was to send your son, Jesus Christ, to live on this earth, to be born as a baby, to grow up, to minister to many, to live the example God, to go to the cross, to die, be buried, and to rise again. And God, when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and Savior, God, that we are saved from your anger and saved from your wrath. But God, let us not just stop at being saved. God, that you call us to be disciples, that you call us to go out there and help fertilize the evil weeds of this world. God, allow us to be salt, to diffuse a boiling situation. God, remove the roots of any here or any listening online that cause them to hold on to anger, malice, harsh words. God, remove that from them and fill them with your spirit so that the fruit of the spirit may flow when we're crushed or we're under pressure. God, we live for you and you alone. We believe in our hearts that you will do mighty things in and through each of us when we submit and surrender to you. God, we love you so much. We thank you. And I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We will have our prayer teams up here to the right and to the left. If you have a word from God that spoke to you that, that, that you need to pray to remove something. Or if you filled your cup with something other than him and the Holy Spirit and you want to pray with somebody, we're here to do that. If today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, mm, I pray that today you take that step. It will be the greatest decision that you will ever make in your entire life because I'm telling you we are not promised anything we're not promised that we're going to make it to church next week we're not promised that we're going to wake up tomorrow but there is one promise that you give your life to Jesus he writes that relationship with God you are taken away from his wrath and anger and you spend eternity in heaven with him forever amen